Hello, hi, welcome. I'm fine. Thank you for asking. My name is Vicki Marie, and you're listening to I Don't Know What's Happening. Today, Season 1, Episode 10, Drugs, Butt Stuff, and Other Wholesome Things, Part 1. Tara and I are going to be talking about getting drugged at bars and why you should always date somebody that matches your energy. As always, thank you for supporting our bullshit, and we hope you enjoy. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so excited to record, actually. Me too. Um, and it hasn't been that long this time. We uh, we got back together quick. Yeah. I think, like, if you want to do every week, that'd be cool. Every two weeks, also cool. But I think, like, a regular schedule would be good. I feel like they can fucking wait. Sorry, guys. <laughs> they can fucking wait. Fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to look back on this one day and probably be very embarrassed with myself. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> oh, man. No, I proudly play this at dinner parties in my, like, 90s. Yes. Yes. I'd be like, now you are all subjected to this because I'm old and I do not give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like some elderly people now will want to show you their commemorative plates and we're going to have a podcast to show the youngins that they will not be interested in whatsoever. <laughs> yes, well, it'll be podcasts and our thirst trap photos. You know? <laughs> yes, like, like, look at, look at how hot grandma used to be. <laughs> Like, please, Grandma, we don't want to see your bikini pictures anymore. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yes, yes. So do you want to dive into it? Yeah, let's dive right in. Okay. So, dear listeners, last week I broke a very, very big rule. And that rule is is that when you go out to have fun with your friends, no matter who you're with, you always have to pay attention to what's going on around you. You can be with the most reliable, safe people that care about you and have your back, and something horrible can still happen. I will, will say that Again, there's no proof of it, like, as intangible, like, physical, like, anybody witnessed it. But I believe that something was put into a drink of mine. And at first, I was confused and embarrassed. And, I mean, I am a 34-year-old woman who has been drinking way longer than I legally should have. (laughs) I've been a bartender. I know my limits. Yet something happened. And I am so fortunate that I was with somebody that is kind and caring and compassionate. And they made sure that I was safe. So I am fine. Um, But I went from being completely fine to waking up later and thank god I was with a person that took care of me 
And, and that's the thing is that I was with somebody that I trusted never in a thousand years would I have thought that something like that would happen. Um, especially cause I was with somebody, you know, that's male and, and so you would think also just having like a guy around is a deterrent. And so, and I know people that have had something slipped in their drink and they were with a group of girls and they were with a big troop of people and it still happens. And I know Tara, you have had, um, you know, experiences with this as well. And, and the truth of the matter is no matter what you're in a room full of strangers and you can't trust anyone. And you have to never feel like you're safe, even if you're with safe people in a place you've been a thousand times there, there's always an element of stranger danger that needs to be always, always addressed. Always. Tara, Tara, do you want to share what has happened to you? Well, when I was, oh yeah, absolutely. So when I was in my early 20s, I was dating a guy who was a musician. And I went to one of his gigs with him at this bar that I had never been to. Um, generally, I I frequented, frequented only one bar very often. And I knew all of the bartenders there. And I would always give them my drink because like if I went to the bathroom or something like that I would have them take it and put it behind the bar because I trusted all of them um however in this case I didn't know anybody and I made a rookie mistake of leaving my drink on the counter and I went to the bathroom and and so because I was driving after the gig I had only the intention of drinking one beer. And I was about a quarter of the way through my beer. And so I left it on the counter. I did, however, put the coaster on top of it, thinking that that would somehow deter anybody. But I was sitting at the bar by myself, which should have been, you know, more of a red flag. I should have finished my drink before I even thought about it. but yeah, somebody slipped something in my drink. Next thing you know, I'm, I wake up in my bed the next morning. Um, the guy I went there with, luckily, um, you know, was able to drive me home. Thank goodness he didn't get pulled over because he had a suspended license and I was drugged in the passenger seat. Um, that would oh, not have looked man. good. <laughs> no. Looking back, I was like, oh, thank goodness that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was terrifying. Um, I remember nothing. Um, apparently the bartenders luckily took over and took me in the back, um, away from everybody. And I luckily was safe, um, because he knew them and yeah. And next thing I know, wake up at home, him and my mother are sitting at my bed, like, is she okay? Is she okay? And finally I woke up. Yeah, I'd slept for like probably about 12 to 13 hours. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing too, is, is that, you know, the people around you that it happened, you know, like they're going through a thing too, when you get drugged, you know, again, I was very fortunate that I was with somebody that was safe, that would take care of me and not, um, 
think, oh, well, she's drunk. Like, she can deal with it, get herself home or anything like that. Because there have been times where I've been out with friends and got annoyed that somebody had too much. And I've never left somebody because that's just against my code of ethics. Oh, no, you never leave somebody. I've wanted to when people have (laughs) been difficult or like, oh, just one more. And it's like, nah, nah, you've had enough. Um, I was really fortunate that I was with somebody that recognized that I had to have been drugged. But even the next day, there was a, a like, I, I felt, I felt responsible regardless. And I felt so bad that they were in that situation because I wasn't careful. And for me, like, I just think about all the scenarios that could have happened that, um, that didn't but like could have been detrimental like what if somebody thought that the person I was with drugged me um what if they faced repercussions for something they didn't even you know do and I wasn't even in the place to have the wherewithal to say no like they're they're fine they they did not do this to me um I even went through the did I get myself that drunk and and the reason why I came to the conclusion that the answer is no is I have been drunk God, like, it, like it's almost an infinite number of times. And there has <laughs> never, ever in my life been a night in all of my years of partaking in alcoholic beverages that I did not remember anything. Things right. have been foggy. Things have been blurry. I've remembered, you know, things. This was a complete loss of time. That scares the shit out of me, especially because I'm told that I was talking to people and where like, obviously I was unstable and definitely not like, you know, walking around and talking like nothing happened, but I was awake and I do not remember this period of time. It wasn't like I had passed out and then, and then slept it off. There is a huge period of time where I was awake that I don't remember. And it's terrifying. And, you know, anybody out there that's partying and having fun with your friends, just remember, you can be with the safest people. You can, you know, know exactly where you're going. But the second that you put strangers in the equation, you are not safe. And I guess the fact that I've been lucky for such a long time made me not consider that calculated risk and and you know thankfully I'm fine but going forward going forward I'm going to be far more cautious because what happened like scared the shit out of me absolutely scared the shit out of me absolutely And, and you know that usually people do this with the intention of raping somebody. I, yes, I mean, yes. I'm, or and it happens to men too. And a lot of times with that, um, normally the intention is to rob them. <laughs> yes, and well, that's another thing. Sometimes people's intention isn't to take advantage of somebody sexually, but to take advantage of them in another way. Right. Um. But I had communicated what happened to me to a friend here that does go out in the Phoenix area as well. And she told me that there was, there was a big problem in gay bars in the area that people were just getting randomly drugged. 
Mm. and that she hadn't heard it you know in like a regular bar but she had heard that that was you know an ongoing problem and 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 the truth is is that no matter where you live um no matter what bar you're going into there is stranger danger and we all need to be very safe because Mm -hmm. if you're not safe and you end up dead in a ditch you can't listen to our podcast anymore and that's sad yes that is very sad do not do that (laughs) don't do that Please don't get raped and murdered. Be very careful. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, that's the thing. And, you know, and Tara and I did, we discussed, like, you know, what we wanted to talk about on this episode. And, you know, that's another thing, too, though. Like you said, it can happen to men, too. I feel like men, at least some men, have a mentality that, like, I'm a guy, I'm a dude, like, nothing's going to happen to me. Um, like it's always portrayed that women are the victim. Men can right. be the victim of this too. And, and you're a bigger person. It's harder for the people you're with to take care of you. You know, like I literally, when this happened to me, had to be carried like three times. If oh, it was the other way around and it was say his drink that it happened to, I don't know what I could have done, I would have had to find men to help me help him. You and, have to learn the fireman carry. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I can lift a lot and I feel like with adrenaline going, if some people can lift a car, like I can lift a human. Um, but still though, it, it's just so scary. Please nobody right. get drugged or raped. Just please. No, and always just, you know, be careful, be aware of your surroundings and, you know, understand that, you know, even though it might not feel like everybody's out to get you, there are some people that are out to get you. Yeah, like you don't have to be paranoid. You just have to be cautious. Like I'm not definitely not saying that you should like live in fear, but also don't like ignorance is blissed either. Yeah, don't. Don't let your guard down, but at the same time, don't think everybody's out to get you either. Yeah, of course. Because that's also not a fun way to live. Yeah, and, and you know, to the point, um, even if you don't get drugged, somebody can still try to take advantage of you. Absolutely. Always, always keep an eye on, you know, what you're consuming in general because – there are a lot of horrible people and some guys, maybe they're not going to drug you. Maybe they'll let you get yourself drunk and then follow you out. And while you're waiting for an Uber, try to do something, you know, like you have to be careful. Even if somebody didn't put something in your drink, you still shouldn't trust these people because as much as, there are so many good people in the world. There are also so many horrible people. And I watch so much Forensic Files. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Dateline and Law and Order SVU, all that kind of stuff, all on my <laughs> list of watching. <laughs> exactly. Think about it. There is like a full channel dedicated to all the people that have had Uh, been raped and murdered and assaulted and all of that like there's full tv channels dedicated to this that's how often it happens in the world so just yeah that they have programming 24 7 so that that just tells you how many bad people there are in the world 
Exactly. It's just crazy. Exactly. But that was super dark. And so I feel like we should move to a, yes. a lighter Let's, topic. Absolutely. A more fun topic. Something that can bring us up from this very sad one. Um, Agreed. So, dating a partner that matches your energy. Oh, that's just the best. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, the thing is, is that you're going to find out there in the world so many awesome people. And there are going to be people that you get along with platonically. There are going to be people that you get along with sexually. There are people that you're going to get along with intellectually. And and then there's a relationship. And I, I think that people try to, like, not settle, but say, like, oh, this is a great person. We have great sexual chemistry. We like a bunch of the same things. So in theory, this should work. Right. It looks good on paper, basically. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, I have a ton of male friends and they are amazing people. I absolutely love and adore them, but I couldn't date them. And there are a ton of reasons why, you know, people, for example, somebody that is super career driven, if they are dating somebody that is more family focused, they may feel neglected. Right. And, and, you know, somebody that is super upbeat may not necessarily match well with somebody that is more neutral. Um, right. And, you know, they say opposites attract. I think that um, opposites obviously can and do. I think that when people say the matching that energy, it's the amount of commitment that you're going to put to things. It's the amount of importance that you weigh things. You know, it's about being able to be your best self around this person and feel comfortable. It's about being able to have that conversation that never ends and about identifying a person's flaws and still accepting them through through that. That's the energy that we're talking about. Absolutely. And the and thing being is, and yeah. having a partner like that is just absolutely wonderful because then those tough conversations don't seem so tough and those serious conversations that have seemed difficult to have with other people in the past just you know you're having them and it's just okay and you feel comfortable discussing every little detail with them exactly um when you start finding yourself keeping things from somebody, that's a red flag for you. Even if you're the one that's withholding information or afraid to, um, you know, say or, or tell somebody something, that is just as much of a red flag as finding out that somebody is keeping something from you or holding something back from you. If you cannot communicate who you are in general and your experiences and your thoughts and your beliefs effectively with somebody, you need to find somebody that you can. 
Right. Absolutely. Because if you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, it needs to be a judgment-free zone. It does. You can't, you can't hold anything back or feel like you can't communicate something with your partner. You just absolutely can't. I mean, you can verbally judge them when they fart and it smells really, really bad. And you're just like, why? <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, like, small things like that, though. Yes. Like, hey, like like you said, like, hey, hey, you kind of smell. Like, maybe you don't want to make them feel bad. That's different. But not being able to, you know, communicate something that's important to you. No go. And And that means that if you want the relationship to move forward and the person that you're with doesn't feel that way, that's a form of energy that you need to address. Right. Um, you know, it's always worth it and good to wait for good people that you feel like you have a genuine connection with. I'm not saying that, you know, you could be all systems go and they want to be more conservative and then that's not going to work. That can work. Yes, exactly. But if you're talking about something long term and you don't see the same future, that's where there's a problem. Yes, absolutely. And those need to be conversations. And I've learned in my 30s, well, maybe maybe in your 20s, it doesn't need to necessarily be such serious conversations because at that point, you're just kind of having fun. Um, But definitely in your 30s, I've come to realize that these conversations are good to have early on because otherwise, you know, you just find yourself with somebody and, you know, fall in love with them and be like, oh, wait, we don't have the same goals in life. And and that's just the worst way to find out. See, that that goals thing, though, is is very true. And, you know, our our last recording, we were talking about that with when you're online dating, like state your intentions. Like, are you looking for a hookup? Are you looking for something long-term? Do you want to get married and have kids? Those things at our age are super important because they're not like in your twenties where you could want those things, but you want them 10 years from now. Right. In your thirties, typically, if those are things that you want, you want them now in your forties, if those are things that you want, you wanted them yesterday and you'll take them tomorrow, but like there's not as much time mentally for you to say, you know, like, oh, like that, that's my 10 year plan. Well, if, if you're 40 and you want to get married and have kids, it's kind of like, I want to do this soon. Most people don't want to wait until they're 50 to do so. Right. So, so I mean, that, that's, that's so true. Like you said, the goals that you have. That, that's another thing that um, that is important in relationships that I think that people don't necessarily address because they don't weigh the importance. People do ask the question at some point, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Do you want a long-term relationship? Do you want a committed, not, like, monogamous relationship or polyamorous relationship? People are okay with asking those questions and weighing those answers. However... Somebody could have a goal of theirs that is, I want to travel in Europe for three months 
another right. person that another person that could be the worst fucking idea ever and they never want to do that and now you're in order for you to fulfill that it's you know it, it's time away it's it's it, right. if you're if you're in a situation where you decide to pursue it when you're living together that, that that's money and expenses um if, if you choose to have children that could be one parent you know choosing to like leave their family for a while um right to pursue it and and that's the thing though is that that could be a goal and your goals still matter when you get into a relationship and you shouldn't have to give things up but you should be putting things like that on the table if, if you have a career goal that is going to impact your relationship you need to put that out there right away too you know um, oh absolutely I had a situation where I was seeing a guy and I was only seeing him maybe once or twice a week. And, and that was not okay for him. Um, he wanted somebody that he saw more frequently and was um, in a situation where there was more time spent and there was more communication. And right. that wasn't something that I was at the time able to give. Um Thankfully, he communicated that and we stopped seeing each other. Um, but, but the thing is, is that that's because I knew that I couldn't give any more and I was honest about it. And he knew that he could not accept less. And our communication made it, us realize that it wasn't going to work between us. And so we ended it as friends. And that was okay. Yes. But... I wish that I would have known before I invested time that he required that. And so, you know, people need to constantly communicate how they want to work in a relationship, how they, you know, their goals and all of that. Have you encountered this? Like, do you feel like some of your goals were deterred by maybe like your ex-husband or ex-boyfriends or oh absolutely my ex-husband basically deterred most of my goals (laughs) if not all of them which is why we're not together anymore (laughs) yes exactly and and that's why because you know you had non-negotiables and that's okay but your goals and and you know the things that you wanted didn't line up no, what was problematic was at the beginning, he made it seem like they did. And then once we were married, everything changed. And at oh, that yes. point, it was too late. Well, that's a pattern of a manipulative person to promise things but not deliver on them. Right. Action. Like for the least important example, I was promised a puppy very, very early in our marriage. And... He kept putting it off every year. No, no, no. Next year. Now's not the time. Next year, next year, next year. It only came to fruition after the first time I tried to leave him as a way to try and get me to stick around. See, and and that that's another, that's an interesting thing too. Um, my ex-husband would do things like that too. He would withhold things that were important to me. And then if I was getting to the point where I was going to leave or end things, he would dangle the carrot to get me in a position where 
I was willing to stay. And then sometimes he will or would let me have the thing that I like really, really wanted or needed in my life. And then other times he would dangle the carrot and then not follow through. And it was the few times that he would kind of cave and let me have the things that I needed or wanted. Um, it was to continue that cycle of manipulation. We'll see, right. look, I do these things for you, but then would withhold other things like as long as he could to just maintain control. And it right. sounds like that's right. what your ex-husband did is that he realized that he was letting things slip. So he threw you a bone hoping that that would keep you around. And that was like the thing that he decided you could have. Right. Or he would manipulate me in the way where he would change his behavior. If I had a problem with it, for example, for a few months and then go completely back to normal. And that was almost the worst manipulation of all. Oh, yeah. To pretend or give the perception like they're trying to change a behavior, but then they either don't follow through or revert back to the way they were. Exactly. Yes. I I had that same issue. And, you know, the thing is, is that when somebody does that, they're only doing it to continue a cycle. And what, what happens is, is that then they're using it as power and um, not to, I feel like, cause we're both women that dated men. We tend to trend on, you know, negative things about men. So I definitely want to point out one thing that I've noticed that women do in a way of withholding from men is that if they're mad, the guy's not going to get sex. Like, oh, like she's mad at me. So she's not going to sleep with me for a month. Or, um, or like they go through a cycle of not having a very good sexual relationship and the guy is expressing dissatisfaction. And so then the woman will quick and turn, buy lingerie, go all out, and then slowly it reverts back to the way it was before where they're not having as much of a sexual relationship again. And sometimes there's reasons for it if, if the relationship is bad and flawed. Um, but women, ladies, you do not withhold, withhold sex. Don't withhold sex. Don't withhold, like, affection. Have anger sex. Yeah. Like, like it's fuck- a good way to get, get the endorphins <laughs> out and, you know, just, like, fuck yeah. the anger away. It's great. Yeah, like, Have fuck angry their sex. dick off. If you're really yeah. mad, like, literally, like, that's, like, the best time because, like, then then you can be selfish. Like, but don't withhold. Don't do that to men. Yeah. That's not nice. And, like, you're putting yourself out, too. Like, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Like, like don't exactly. do that. No. But I But I've obviously if sex is being withheld from a woman based on lack of trust or lack of feeling connected to their partner, that's a whole different story. Oh, absolutely. 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 Um for the sake of not throwing anyone under the bus in one of my relationships the person 
was only interested in me sexually when they were like drunk Mm. so I was like no but I wasn't withholding sex I was like if you have to get wasted to want to bang me there's a there's a problem here and like you're sloppy and drunk right now like can we do this when you're not sloppy and drunk oh that's right you're not interested then so I mean like there are reasons for saying no I'm not saying that you if you're not in the mood or you don't feel like it no like you shouldn't force yourself to have sex with your partner like that's rape like you can like don't ever think that you owe sex to your partner I'm just saying don't withhold it and and you know like oh absolutely and and not you know not get yours because you're teaching them a lesson like I'm saying don't use sex as a weapon I'm not saying that you should force yourself to if there's a reason like if they're sleeping around they're getting enough fucking sex you don't need to sleep with them I'm just talking about not using it I'm saying don't use it to hold it over a guy's head yeah don't use sex as a weapon exactly exactly I mean a lot of women use sex to get what they want though like they'll they'll want their husband to be happy with them so they'll sleep with them a lot to get something how do we feel about that because it's almost like a a something for a something and and I feel like there are transactional relationships like that yeah um you know what it I guess I, I don't know. It's still using sex as a weapon, in my opinion. See, but, I, I mean, if it works say, for you and your partner, then I guess it's fine. It's just, it's tough. Because it's like, if they know that they're getting more sex because they're giving you presents, and you know you're giving more sex to get presents, you both are aware of what's going on, and you're both getting something you want. Part of me feels like it's an unhealthy relationship, so you should, like, beware. But I feel like some people are, like, okay with that. Like, they know that that's the way their relationship works. Yeah, it's kind of like a sugar baby slash sugar daddy type situation where both people are being used. One is being used for their looks, and the other one's being used for their money. But they're both aware of this. And they're okay with it. So I guess if that works for you, that works for you. And I, I have no issue with any of that. I feel As like long as the people are aware of what's going on and that it is basically transactional. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing is that if it's transactional and both people are aware of it, then that's fair. Because there I feel like are situations where guys will go through like desperate lengths to get this woman that they're in love with to love them and be with them and sleep with them. And so they go, you know, to crazy extents for it. Um, And then on the other hand, there are situations where a woman is the one that uh, like, I'll do anything that you want. Like, like, what time should dinner be ready? Like, what time should I be in my lingerie? Like, like anything to get that guy's attention and approval. Um, and, and in situations like that where it's one-sided, it goes back to what we were saying before. Your energy needs to match. If you know that you're just putting out to get something and they know they're just giving you something to get something, that's you're matching each other's energy in, in a right. way. Um, but when one person is just doing everything because they're so desperate for what they need, and the other person's aware of this, and that's messed up. That's a manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. And those people need to do better. They need 
usually those people are not right with themselves though, right? Like they're they're just, they're just going through life trying to get what they want. Yeah. When they really just need therapy, lots and lots of therapy. That's a, that's a great point too, is that when, even if you're in a good relationship, you need to always work on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people wait until the sky is falling and, or like, you know, everything's on fire for them to get help. And that's not the way it should be. Life should come with a subscription for therapy. It should. And I think therapy can literally help anyone and everyone who goes there. Yes. Even if it's just day-to-day coping, you know, your way to get things out and especially during a pandemic stuff like that we all need extra help right now yeah of course um i think having somebody non-biased like kind of evaluate um your decision making and and your actions and your emotions can be so helpful because they're not attached to that they're you know they have that one degree of separation that they can look at it objectively and give really solid advice and like um, help guide you on, on making good decisions. Right. And I feel like when people are in like, they're, they're, they're like almost in like a, a level of mediocrity where like, they're not happy and they're not unhappy and their relationship is okay. And their job is okay. So they just feel okay all the time um the second something bad happens they're plummeting right Mm -hmm. um you know life is too short to just be okay you should be enjoying it you should be happy you know everybody deserves love and fulfillment and if you're not getting that in your life you need to start because you're going to get to a certain age and you're going to look back and be like, what the fuck happened? Right. That's why I'm happy for us. You know, we were, in, we were in pretty bad spots, you know, a year or two years ago. And, and we decided that we we're going to make changes at, at, for the positive and, you know. Yep. And look at us now. We're doing so much better and we have a podcast. <laughs> we have a podcast like five people listen to. One of them yes. is my one of them is my mother. <laughs> One of them is a, a creepy stalker guy that like jerks off while we talk. <laughs> if you're jerking off and listening to this right now, I want you to know that I hope you come really hard. Just so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on that note. <laughs> well, there we go again. Disappointing our families for your entertainment. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate everybody that has reached out on Instagram, Facebook, Anchor. We love getting topics from all of you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We love you. That was episode 10, Drugs, Butt Stuff, and Other Wholesome Things, Part 1. Stick around for Part 2. You're listening to I Don't Know What's Happening.